What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. The topic that we're gonna be covering today I get a lot of questions on and that is should you hold cryptocurrency in your investment portfolio as a long-term investment? I especially get these questions amongst the younger community. Maybe not so much now that crypto has gone through a bit of a crumble and crash and a bit of a clean out. But if you were to ask this question maybe six months ago, eight months ago before everything kind of went to crap, it is really, really surprising how many younger people actually would prefer to invest in crypto than stock. You ask them what they're interested in, it's crypto, it's crypto, it's crypto. Again, maybe that's changed a bit now, but I wanna ask that question, how does this fit into our long-term portfolio as an investors? Just for context, I do not own any Bitcoin, any Ethereum, I'm not a big crypto bug myself. I'm gonna take on a, a glance, uh, you know, an approach or perspective on this for someone on the outside looking in. I did own Bitcoin, a very fun story with Bitcoin was, I bought it in about 27, 2016, 2017, prior to the first real run. And I put in about $1,000, maybe $1,500. And at the time, I actually went to this sketchy place in my town, like in my city, with a Bitcoin ATM. This was before, you know, all the crypto platforms were as, you know, pro prominent as they are today. I went in there and paid like a seven, eight or 9% commission, exchanged my dollars, very, very sketchy experience, put some money on a, a wallet of mine. I ended up cashing that out and putting that towards my wife's engagement ring. So it actually did decently well, um, made a number of thousands of dollars on that and you know, didn't have to do with time, you didn't have to do with anything, but sheer luck, sheer good, right place, right time, I decided I'm gonna take that out, go put that towards uh, the ring. So that worked out really well for me, but as of today, I do not own any Bitcoin. And one thing that I'm gonna talk about in this video as well, when I talk about crypto as an investment, I'm not talking about things like these altcoins or these these shit coins that people may call them, not that type of stuff. I'm talking about the legitimate players in the crypto space. I guess you could consider here the ones with the larger market cap, something like a Bitcoin, an Ethereum, Ripple, uh, Cardano, Solana, those types of things. I think that's the most realistic way if you're gonna approach this as an investment to look at it. Of course, you can go gamble, you can go trade, you can go do whatever you want with the smaller coins and you can have some fun doing that. But uh, for this talk, we're not gonna be talking about the altcoins. This is just more or less the big players in the space. And I wanna start this conversation off by talking about returns. I think that that's a really good place to start. And I have a few fascinating charts here, specifically related to Bitcoin, that does actually open up the perspective quite a bit. You will come across many tables or charts that when you compare the performance of Bitcoin versus other asset classes, it crushes other asset classes at least going back over the past 10 or so years. Like it's astronomical. If I were to show it to you, maybe more of a, on a graphical or a chart-like scale, what I'm sharing on the screen is basically Bitcoin versus the S&P 500. In many cases, it's not even a close comparable. It's in a league of its own in terms of performance. It has performed very well. Of course, you do have the volatility and the severe drops. Here we see in a couple of years, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70% drops are not uncommon, but you do have many years where this goes ballistic. And this chart on the screen that you're looking at doesn't even reflect the boom that we saw in 2021. Now, although these data sets and charts do look quite optimistic and quite favorable for crypto or Bitcoin as an investment, I would say that I personally do take this with a grain of salt, of course, for a couple of reasons. For one, very importantly, as with any type of data set that we're looking on, this is telling us past performance. This is looking back over the past eight, nine, 10 years, saying what has happened, not necessarily what will happen. I will say that Bitcoin over the past decade has experienced an extreme 
level of exposure and boost from where it was. When you think of Bitcoin back in the early days, when only a handful of people knew about this, and it was a very niche community, you know, on the dark web and whatnot, using this, this, this cryptocurrency, to where it is today with the mass adoption and all of the news coverage, arguably one of the biggest booms of media coverage and, and, and you know, exposure that we've seen in our lifetimes. Well, that obviously played a big part in these returns. And the question we ask is, is that going to play out going forward for them to you know, replicate that? Um, possible, yes, but probable. Well, we can discuss that. And secondly, I think important to note is that when we're looking at these charts and you see, you know, the variance, so you see the S&P kind of going, you know, not too, not too hot relative. And you see Bitcoin up at the top of this chart. Of course, that will be the case. Understanding where Bitcoin started from. If you have an investment such as the S&P, you know, for that to double, right? For the S&P to go up 100%, that is, that is far less significant than a Bitcoin, let's say trading at whatever it was, a dollar, a dollar fifty, two dollars, ten dollars From that, from Bitcoin going from $10 to $10,000, the return that you'd see on that versus for example, today, Bitcoin trading at $20,000. I mean, even if Bitcoin were to go to 40, 50K, I know it's trading a little bit above uh, 40, I mean, 20K today. But even if it were to go from 20 to 40K to 50K to 100K, that return just simply due to the large numbers would be so much more muted. It would be so much less exciting than a stock going 10X, 100X. A fascinating thing, way to look at this, excuse me, is I believe Bitcoin's uh, market cap today sits at about 400 billion. For Bitcoin to 10X from where it is today, it would have to have a market cap of 4 trillion. For it to 100X from where it is today, it would have to have a market cap of 400 trillion. Last I checked earlier this morning, the US stock market currently has a market cap of about 400 trillion. So a lot of shoes to fill to see these spectacular returns that we've already seen. And that's something that's gonna play into, you know, my decision about this as we get later in the video. Nevertheless, what I'm trying to get through to you with this is that these past performance charts, as exciting as they are, they are skewed towards Bitcoin's favor because it went on such a good run. Uh, an example I'll give of this is like, here's Dogecoin versus the S&P 500 over the past three years. And again, because Do Dogecoin started with such a small amount, the growth was astronomical. It actually has outperformed the TSX over this period, posting a 3,000% return versus the 22. I think we can all agree, well, maybe not all of us, but I think a lot of us would agree that that doesn't necessarily make uh, you know, Dogecoin a better investment than the S&P and some of the largest companies in the world. Very likely not the case, but the charts can skew that way. One final thing I'll talk about the numbers here is to kind of try and get away from that skewed data. I looked at a five-year number. And again, this is kind of trying to strip out some of those early, early runs that Bitcoin got coming from a smaller dollar figure. Bitcoin still has performed, obviously more volatile, but 194% versus the S&P's 43 I won't argue with somebody when they say Bitcoin has been a great returning asset, despite all the ups and downs and despite the crypto winters, as they call it, Bitcoin in particular, and we're kind of using that as a proxy for some of the other cryptos. It's been a decent performer, and we're going to get back to that towards the end of the video. But the second thing that I want to talk about is essentially how this fits into our portfolio and what are the benefits that we may see by adding a crypto to your portfolio. And one of the things, I think I got a fur in my mouth. One of the things that I think is very, very fascinating about crypto in regards to your entire portfolio comes down to the discussion of correlation. And there's a term that you're going to hear in the investment world known as the correlation coefficient.
Okay, I'll pop that up on the screen because I didn't write that really well. But if you're not familiar with the correlation coefficient, it's essentially a scale that goes from negative one, you know, to let's say zero on the middle of the scale to positive one or one. And it can essentially tell you when you're looking at two assets, what, that, what, what the relationship is between them. Let me give you an example. If you had a stock, and I hope this is on screen, but if you had a stock, I'll actually get some other colors out of this. If you had a stock that moved up and down, or, or not a stock, excuse me, but if you had an asset that did something along the lines of that, if we were to look at the relationship with another asset that let's say moved very, very similar, you know, maybe two stocks in uh, a similar sector, maybe a couple technology stocks, maybe a couple bank stocks, whatever the case is, we would say that the relationship between these two stocks would actually have a very close correlation to one, a positive correlation with each other. Meaning, quite obviously, when one stock goes up, the other stock goes up. When one stock goes down, the other stock goes down. It is uh, a close to identical uh, performance or movement. These stocks are positively correlated. Now, looking at this blue line again, this is probably gonna get pretty messy. But uh, if we had a stock that instead did something like this, where essentially it moved opposite of this blue asset, right? When the blue asset moves up, the red asset moves down. When this stock's selling off, this stock's going up. They're essentially moving opposite of each other. Well, these two stocks would have a negative correlation with each other. Looking at that relationship, what is this in the middle? If we had something in the middle with a correlation of zero, it would probably be all over the place. Like it would do all sorts of weird things and it would not, um, the relationship between the two would be very hard to track. It would just be, you know, a, a gong show, if you will. Hopefully that's displaying the difference between these correlations. Now, why do I talk about this? Why is this important? Well, this is important because Bitcoin as an asset in regards to your entire portfolio has historically exhibited little to no correlation with traditional assets. And up on the screen, what you're looking at, I mean, this isn't always the case, but here's a study done by the CFA Institute Research Foundation, comparing Bitcoin's 90-day correlation uh, from January 17th to September 2020th, 2020, excuse me, up to a variety of different assets. And here we see, for example, broad commodities, we see um, bonds, corporate bonds, emerging currencies. Essentially, because Bitcoin is operating in the middle of this band, that indicates that there is very little correlation or similar movements that you would have relative to these assets. Now, if we scan over to another page, here we see it versus the SPY um, or the US uh, large cap ETFs, S&P 500, if you will, US small caps, emerging markets, gold. Now this does kind of move up and down and obviously it's uh, not gonna be exactly the same all the time, but fascin fascinatingly enough, Bitcoin as an asset class is rather uncorrelated. It's certainly not positively correlated with traditional equities, with stocks, with what we would typically invest in, in our portfolio. And that's important because although the asset is a riskier and a more volatile asset in and of itself, in conjunction with your portfolio, this actually has the potential to mitigate risk. Now I say the potential, that doesn't mean that you can just have 50% of your portfolio in Bitcoin and let it run, but if you are managing it responsibly, if you're actually managing a portfolio properly with rebalancing, concept being here guys, FYI, why does this even matter? Like, well, how does this help with diversification? If you have a bunch of stocks that all do the exact same thing, let's say you only own the FANG stocks, Facebook, um, Google, Netflix, uh, Amazon, let's say. And tech stocks, I would say, are very positively correlated. They'd move up to this side of the scale because they're essentially the same thing. They're obviously not, but you get what I'm saying. 
Well, your portfolio is very likely going to be doing the same darn thing in any different market. If the market's going down, your tech stocks are crashing, they're all crashing. If they're doing well, they're all doing well. Whereas by diversifying into different sectors or different asset classes, you will have assets doing different things at different times. Now, if you are an investor that does more or less actively manage your portfolio, there are advantages that can be taken there. For example, assume one of your assets going up, one of your assets going down. Maybe you trim, maybe you take profits and redeploy that into an underperforming area. Maybe that flips. And if we had a negatively correlated assets, looking at two, this one starts to perform well. You just bought more of this. This one starts to go down. Well, now you can do the, the reverse, vice versa. So conceptually, this is kind of how uh, diversification can play a role in your overall portfolio management. This is a study that I found very fascinating from 2014 to 2020. And what we see is in this top row, we have a traditional portfolio quarterly rebalance. That is very important quarterly rebalanced, all of this that we're looking at. But we see that the annualized return for this over this, uh, what is a seven year period? Yeah, seven, six year period, excuse me. We see that coming in at 6.26%. Now a traditional portfolio with a 1% allocation to Bitcoin, so a tiny bit of exposure over this time period, bumped up the annual return, bumped up the cumul cumulative return to 7.21, but fascinatingly, didn't heavily impact the standard devi deviation, excuse me, or we could look at it like the volatility of your portfolio. Over on the very right, we see the maximum drawdown this portfolio had, not much of a difference, essentially in line with just a traditional equity portfolio. Below that, we have a portfolio with a 2.5% weighting to Bitcoin. We see an increased return, cumulative and annualized. But again, not much change in the standard deviation, nor the max drawdown. I would consider that very negligible. Even on the very bottom row, we see a 5% weighting in the portfolio to Bitcoin. This has drastically helped the portfolio from a return standpoint. Again, granted, I will say, looking back, Bitcoin did very, very well during this period, and that's a big assumption that it will continue to perform, so this data could arguably be skewed. Nevertheless, a 10% annualized return, 100% cumulative return over the time period, with negligible difference in the volatility standard deviation, or the maximum drawdown. Obviously you see a percentage here higher, but I think most of us would argue that's surprisingly less than what we'd expect while boosting the average return. And critical to emphasize with this data set in particular, as fascinating as it is, I find this very, very fascinating. You can let me know what you think down in the comment section below. I want to make very clear, this has been during a period where Bitcoin has done very, very well. From the period of 2014 to 2020, I mean, Bitcoin went on a couple of uh, big, big, big runs and uh, adoption and exposure. And obviously if you're including a, you know, an asset that has done so well, well that is gonna prop up the performance. Again, more telling, I think it's more on the maximum drawdown side that I find fascinating, how it actually can help diversify your portfolio. Again, due to the lack of correlation in this case, but just keep that in mind. That doesn't necessarily mean that Bitcoin, you know, going forward will do this. If Bitcoin is going to fizzle out and Bitcoin and crypto is going to be an absolute dud in the portfolio and end up going to zero, I don't care what the correlation is. You don't want to have that in your portfolio. This is just assuming Bitcoin continues doing well, or in this case, continues what it did over the past six years. Very fascinating data set that I would like to throw out uh, nonetheless. But I want to finish off this discussion by talking about a general talk about crypto and as well asking the question of the, of the video, well, how much percentage should I own in my portfolio? And I'll start the segment off by saying this. If you are an investor who does not care to own crypto or Bitcoin or Ethereum in your portfolio, you don't really wanna to touch it, it's just not up your alley, that is completely okay. In fact, I'd go as far as saying that's more than okay, 
that's great if you know this is something you don't want to touch. Given myself as an example, I'm an investor that has, as I said, zero exposure to crypto. And despite the fascinating things that we've talked about in this video and the potential future of Bitcoin and all of the optimism that you'll hear from certain folks, I don't really have a care. I don't really have a preference for this. As an investor, you have literally an array, you know, thousands of different investment options to choose from and all types of different assets. You could go invest in artwork. You could go invest in Pokemon cards. You could go invest in gold or uh, cars, like you name it. There's so many different types of assets. You don't have to invest in them all. So don't feel the FOMO if people are telling you to get into Bitcoin. Now that said, there may also very well be a place in the portfolio for crypto. And what that weighting is, if I were to just throw out some numbers for you, okay, I will share this. If it were me, and again, I just kind of explained what I would do, but I would feel comfortable adding potentially up to a max of 5% of my portfolio into cryptocurrency. Now, for a lot of people, maybe even like a 2.5% stake, like literally, you know, the size of an individual holding, if you will, getting some exposure, but nothing too crazy. 2.5, 5%. Maybe if you're extremely optimistic and you know a lot about the space, you genuinely believe this is the future. I could see yourself going up to possibly a 10% cap uh, on crypto. I personally wouldn't feel comfortable going anywhere beyond that, despite how optimistic you are, because there are still a lot of big what ifs, right? What ifs and the future of crypto is still Again, as optimistic as some people may be, the reality is, is it's still very much unknown. When I look back at the data, as exciting as this is, this is a very, very, very short sample size. And at the end of the day, this is a newer industry that is facing all types of regulation and challenges and scams and everything. And I do think genuinely that that is the steps towards, you know, becoming more and more of a legitimate uh, asset for our future. But I can look at, for example, the S&P 500, I can look at the TSX and I can look at the largest companies in our world and we can go back basically a hundred years and say, this is what it has done. This is how it's performed. And assuming the economy and the world goes on as is and nothing goes to absolute crap, we can for the most part expect that to continue. That's quite reliable seeing that a stock in the stock market essentially represents uh, businesses in our economy and businesses I would presume will continue to thrive. If we were to fast forward 20 years from now, can I say with certainty that crypto will still be around and will be higher than it is today? Possibly. I don't think that's not probable, but I also can't say for certain. And there is a future that I could see where 20 years from now, crypto, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum are maybe not um, around. Again, do I think that's going to happen? No. Like I would actually lean towards um you know, the, the other end, uh, the, the former that I talked about, where it actually is, because I do believe that there are some pretty, um, from my limited amount of knowledge of crypto and the blockchain, even someone like myself can understand that the applications and the technologies behind some of these projects, again, not the altcoins, which is not what we're talking about today, there is real life and valuable applications. I think when people make this comparison of the crypto space, to the tech boom what we saw back in the 90s late 90s and then of course the crash going into the early thousands i think in many respects that's a very 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 fair comparable where you had all of these junk companies tagging on dot coms to the back of their name you had all these companies ipoing and becoming these tech companies overnight and growing to crazy valuations the tech boom crashes or the tech bust comes along wipes out the va vast majority of them wipes out all the crap 
but a few of them do shine through. And of course you have the success stories like the Amazons and the PayPals and whatnot. The true players do shine through. I think we are witnessing that very much in the crypto space as we you know, live today. We're seeing the NFT market come down. We're seeing the frauds and the scandals. We're seeing the collapses of all these crappy, crappy, crappy projects and coins. But 10, 15, 20 years from now, I do believe if I had to bet that certain players would absolutely shine through. The question is then, what are those players? Well, I don't, definitely don't know enough to tell you what those are, but I do think there will be winners that come out of this even stronger. Therefore, if the argument was to be made that I want to include 2.5 to 5% of my portfolio in crypto today and play that long-term investment, again, banking on some of the bigger coins, I personally don't think that's actually a bad idea whatsoever. In a portfolio, I think there is room. In fact, I know there is room to have some fun and to have some speculation. It just has to be managed. And if you're gonna allocate, let's say 5% of your overall portfolio, your entire nest egg and your future money, 5% to invest in a speculation, whether that be small caps, whether that be petty caps, or whether that be crypto, because at this point, I would very much consider an investment like this in that category, I think that is absolutely okay. And the past data definitely favors that along with the diversification aspect. Again, will crypto grow as fast as it has grown to this point? I personally don't think so. I think that they would have to disrupt basically all of the industries that they intend to and get into real estate and logistics, which again, I do see that being the case, but I think it has to go ballistic, like absolutely ballistic for it to grow as fast as it has thus far. That is just my personal opinion of it. And if I had to lean one way, I'd say, hey, there's a very good opportunity for returns as with any speculative investment, but maybe not as good as we've seen. Now, again, maybe I could be absolutely dead wrong, but the long and short of today's video and my thoughts is that if you wanted to allocate a small portion of your portfolio to invest in the big crypto uh, projects and coins, I don't think it's a terrible idea. And although I personally wouldn't do it, I certainly wouldn't fault anybody who chooses to. And if you do have a deeper knowledge and understanding of this space, well, hey, you may have a bigger reason to do so. But that's really my thoughts on this. Like I said, I get a lot of questions on it and that's kind of my stance as of 2023. I'd love to hear what you guys think down in the comment section below, especially those who are very familiar with the space. It's funny, over the past couple of years, you get all these crypto experts popping up of nowhere and on you know, YouTube and in Reddit, everyone seems to become this uh, crypto uh, expert all of a sudden when things are doing very, very well. I don't think there are many, many crypto experts out there that are making YouTube videos and whatnot. I think that the real ones who have insight and who are genuinely knowledgeable about this space, I think they're kind of working on projects behind the scenes that you don't hear about all too often, actually working on the technologies involved that will ultimately end up shining but I just don't come across too much of it. And again, I also don't really like go out there seeking for it too. Um, again, full transparency and disclaimer, I don't care for this space myself. I'm just trying to answer a question that I get on the channel all the time. That's a perspective from an investor who loves equities and loves stocks and would possibly consider throwing into the portfolio. But I'd love to hear from you if you're one of those people who does happen to really know what you're talking about and know where this plays a role in our future, do leave a comment down below. But hey, if you enjoyed, give this video a thumbs up. Let me know your thoughts. How much percentage would you feel comfortable investing in the crypto market uh, in your portfolio? Excuse me, that is. Do leave that down below. If you're not already subscribed to the channel, take a moment and subscribe. We post videos like this every single week, particularly on investing in the stock market for Canadians. 
if you guys are looking for a cool free app to come hang out, uh, talk stock, do your thing, check out Blossom Social. And of course, as always, if you're in the market for training in the stock market, do take a moment and check out the Investing Academy. That is our program where we take beginners. We don't talk so much about crypto. We talk about this, you know, similar discussion to this about how it fits into a portfolio, if that's something up you're choosing. But we focus more on the stock market, teaching beginners how to get started with DIY investing, how to go out and do it on themselves. Stop paying high mutual fund fees. It's ridiculous how much people pay out there uh, with the banks and yeah, really, really, really sad. I think there is a better alternative. If you can manage money on your own, you can save a lot in fees, have a lot more control and say over your money. You can learn all about that by clicking that first link down below. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.